Continuing our sermon series entitled Overflow. And today we are going to be looking at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, we'll be looking at verses 27 through 36. These are the words of Jesus. And he says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you and from the one who takes away Your goods do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect To receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Let me pray for us. Jesus, help us to understand. And maybe even more than that, cause our hearts to be soft enough ground that the seed of your word would really produce fruit fruit that would look like you. Father, I know that there are in this crowd and probably watching online people who both believe and do not believe. You know where we are. You know what's going on in our minds and our hearts better than we do. Will you, through this sermon, through your word, by your Holy Spirit, Give us exactly what we need to hear today and use me and my words for your glory, for the good of this church and for the good of all who will hear that it really would overflow in our lives and it would spill out into the community around us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Vlad the Impaler. He's considered one of the most cruel and merciless people in all of history. If you don't know who Vlad is, and I like calling him Vlad because it's just a fun name, Bram Stoker wrote a book 
that was inspired by him. And you may know that book, Dracula. You see, Vlad was a bloodthirsty man. And he would try to provoke people and make people realize just how scary he really was and how merciless he really was. He would impale his enemies on wooden stakes. That's why he's called Vlad the Impaler. And he would put them outside of the city so that all his enemies everywhere would see those impaled bodies and and realize, oh, we don't want to mess with this guy. And there are lots of stories about Vlad. I don't know how many of them are true, how many of them are legend, how many of them really are historical. But here's one story that struck me as I was reading about him. He invited a bunch of old and sick and poor people to a great hallway, and he gave them a meal. And then in the middle of the meal, he said, would you like for me to take away your sorrow in this life so that you would want for nothing? And of course, these older people, these sick people, these um, hurting people, they said, yes, please. And so he trapped everyone inside and burned the building down to the ground. That was him showing mercy. Vlad is so well known for his lack of mercy that for the low, low price of 1999, you can buy this t-shirt, which has a picture of him, and it says these words, may God have mercy on my enemies because I won't. Now, we like to compare ourselves to people like Vlad, the Impaler, right? Because it makes us feel pretty good about ourselves. We see someone like that and go, what a cruel, terrible person. I'm not like that. I'm not cruel and terrible. But let me ask you, the last time that someone was hurtful to you, the last time someone mistreated you, the last time someone really did something to damage you in some way, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, otherwise, how would you say you wanted to respond back to that person? Did you say, like Vlad, may God have mercy on my enemy, because I sure won't. If you're like most of us, I think that's where we are. When someone has hurt us, we want to hurt them back. When someone is misusing the things that we've given to them, we want to take it back. When we try to be kind and compassionate and caring to people, and they just rub it in our face, we want to stop, and then we want to bring judgment. That's what we want to talk about today, only the flip side of that. Because what we saw in the word of God today from Jesus' own lips is that we are to be merciful. And the big picture, if you like taking notes, you can use this. If you like filling in blanks, you can do that. If you don't like that, you can just listen. But here's the big overarching point of this sermon today. 
because God is merciful to us, we are called to be merciful. Because God is merciful to us, we are called to be merciful. I'm not making this stuff up. It's right there in the text. Luke 6, 36. Jesus' own words, be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. As I read that, you know, for those of us who are Christians, and I I realize that not everybody in this room may be a Christian or anybody listening to this message, but for Christians, we believe that God has adopted us into his family. And we who call on the name of Jesus, we call God our Father. And children always, in some fashion or form, reflect something of their parents, right? My dad had an oddball sense of humor. He, he really did. And um, just to give you an example, for Christmas one year, and this is when, when I was an adult, um, he gave all the men in the family for Christmas, wrapped up in a nice little box, you know, he, he wrapped it himself and he bought all these gifts. The, all the men received a little baby doll. I mean, just a tiny little baby doll. And all the ladies in the, in the family received one of those little Tonka cars, And he looked at our confused faces, and he just laughed. Like it was the funniest thing he had ever seen in his life. I reflect something of that oddball humor. I picked up on it. And and I say and do things that are off kilter, especially when I'm at my home. And you've seen it even in the sermons sometimes, if you've been around. And then I see my children, they start having some offbeat humor too. Sometimes so much so that I have to say, whoa, 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 you got to stop that. I mean, humor's one thing, but you can't go there. Children end up reflecting their parents, their father, in some way, fashion, or form. And if we're children of God, we're going to end up reflecting something of him. And Jesus is saying, be merciful, just like your father is merciful. In fact, that's what he says here in verses uh, 20, sorry, 35 through uh, 36. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. You see that? For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. So I I think that clears it up, that we're to be merciful because God has been merciful to us. But we do have to ask the question, what does it mean to be merciful? You know, as as I've talked to people this week, I've asked people some questions about trying to prepare for this sermon. I've realized that most people think mercy in contrast with justice. They're they're two different things, like like this uh, image here. If you see that, yeah, there we go. So you can either have justice or you can have mercy, but you can't have 
both. Justice is someone getting their just desserts when they've done something wrong. Mercy is someone not getting their comeuppance they deserve for the bad that they've done. Justice is you do the crime, you do the time. Mercy is the withholding of the penalty, or at least part of the penalty. That's the way we think about justice and mercy. You can't have both. You can only do one or the other. And we really don't have time to dive into this deep. I wish we did, but we really don't. But if that's the view that we have of justice and mercy, we've got too narrow a view of both. Mercy can and does include holding back something of a penalty, the full force of a penalty at least, for punishment that someone deserves. But mercy is so much more than just that. Because you see, at the heart of mercy, at the very heart of what mercy really is, is showing compassion, kindness, and care to others. That's really what mercy is all about. It's showing compassion. It's showing kindness. It's showing care to others. And yes, even if they've done something wrong and you could bring punishment on them, that's showing them compassion, kindness, and care by not bringing the full force of the punishment, right? But mercy is so much more than that. You know how I know that? Think about, think about when you are in a bad situation and you say, have mercy. What are you saying? Are you saying, I don't deserve this punishment. Please don't bring it on me. Most of the time you're saying, I'm in a predicament. I'm in a bad situation. Will you please do something to get me out of it? Right? Like in Matthew 20. Matthew 20. Jesus is walking down the road. And behold, there are two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they hear that Jesus is passing by, they cry out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And the crowd rebukes them and tells them to be silent. But they cry out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, don't punish us. Is that what it says? No. It says, Lord, let our eyes be opened. Mercy in that context is not withholding punishment, but it's showing kindness and compassion and care to another human being who is in need. That's why in this passage in Luke 6, we see things like Luke 6.30, give to everyone who begs from you. And then he says, be merciful. Or verses 32 and following, when he says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love him. Them And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those 
from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. You see, what Jesus is doing is he's couching this idea of how love and care and even lending is a part of mercy. That's why we have in verses 35 and 36, love your enemies, do good, lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind and grateful to the evil, to, sorry, he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Everything that has gone before, Jesus is summarizing under the category of mercy, compassion, kindness, care. And, and, and here's the thing that I want everyone in this room to understand. That God's lavish mercy, and he has been lavishly merciful to us. God's lavish mercy in Christ enables us to overflow with mercy, even in surprising ways. Right? God's lavish mercy, the mercy that he has poured out upon us in Christ enables us to overflow with mercy even to others, even in surprising ways. Think about God's lavish mercy for just a moment. And, and we could talk about this all day. We really could because as the scriptures say, his mercies are new every morning. So we could, we could spend a lot of time talking about how he's just been merciful to us today. But I just want to take one thing, one specific thing, and talk about that one specific thing to show how merciful God really is to us. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. And that's true whether you are a Christian or not. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Let me give you an illustration of this. Suppose you have a friend that you, you see most, most every day and this friend one day walks up to you and slaps you across the face. And you say, dude, why'd you do that? I would say dude, but you probably wouldn't. But why'd you do that? And, the, and your friend says, I don't know. I just wanted to see what it was like. It was kind of fun. I think I might do it again. And the next day, your friend comes up to you, slap, right across the face. And you say, dude, I thought we were friends. And he says, we are friends. You're my slapping friend. At some point, you're going to stop seeing that friend as your friend. And you're going to start seeing that person as your enemy especially if that happens every single day. In fact, you're probably going to try to avoid them. Maybe you're even going to try to prosecute that person, Mr. Slap Happy, to the fullest extent of the law. And you would be in your rights to do so. You're unlikely, however, to want to show compassion and kindness and care to a person who slaps you every time they see you. Can I get a witness on that? 
<laughs> Let me tell you something sobering. Every time we sin, it's a slap in the face to our Creator. Because He created us in His image. He made us to reflect His character. He created us and designed us to do what is right and good and true. But instead, we choose to do things that are wrong. We choose to do things that are not good. We choose to believe things that are not true. And it's a slap in the face every single time. And you know what? God is within his rights to see us as his enemy. And he's within his rights to prosecute us to the fullest extent of the law right away. Not wait, right now. But God, as the scriptures say, is merciful. He's gracious and compassionate. He abounds in steadfast love. He's slow to anger. And he's patient with us. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. He continues to show care to us. He gives and gives and gives even when we are ungrateful, even when we are evil. He gets us out of jams that are on our own making. He provides for us in ways that are often undeserved and unexpected. He allows us to use our, his stuff. Have you ever thought about that? Your stuff is not your stuff. It's God's stuff. And he allows you to use it. He lends it to you. Because when you die, you don't get to take it with you, as the saying goes. It's not really yours. It's God's, and you're just loaning it for a time being. And even though we're slapping God in the face every day, he lets us use his stuff. That is mercy, people. That is lavish mercy. He has lavished us with his kindness, with his mercy, with his grace in ways that we can't even comprehend. And look, that is true whether you are a Christian or not, whether you are a believer or not. Whether you even believe in God or not, God has shown lavish mercy to us in that he is patient and slow to anger. He could just wipe it out right now, but he waits patiently. As the scriptures say, as we read today in verse 35, he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. That's our God. Kind to the ungrateful and the evil. But those of you who are Christians, and I know that's probably the majority of people in this room, for those of us who call Jesus our Savior and Lord, for those of us who believe that God really is our Father, the mercy that has been shown to us is exponentially greater than the mercy that God just shows in general. 
God has lavished us with his mercy in ways that we can't even comprehend. He didn't just stay judgment for a time. No, in Christ, God himself put on flesh and he took the judgment we deserved at the cross. That's what we sang about today when we sang that your blood has washed away my sins. In Jesus, God has absorbed the just penalty of our sins upon himself so that we who believe do not any longer have that penalty on us. Jesus, as God in the flesh, substituted himself. He took our penalty. He took our curse. He took all of the wrongdoings that we had, every slap in the face that we've done for God, and he took it upon himself, and he said, in kindness and compassion and care and love, I'm going to take it all upon myself and then pour out my blessing on you that you'll be my children, you'll be forgiven, and you'll have life forever. And not only that, I will give you an inheritance at the end of your life that you cannot even comprehend. (laughs) That's mercy. That's incredible mercy. What amazing mercy. What profound compassion and kindness and care and For those of us who call Jesus our Lord, we hear our Lord saying in verse 36, be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Wow. Wow. That's part of the reason why Jesus says in verse 27 and 28, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. Those are hard words, but when you understand it in the context of God showing mercy, we can understand why we are to show mercy to even those who mistreat us. Because it's an act of compassion. It's an act of care. It's an act of kindness. Because just like us, Those people who wrong and mistreat us, they're broken and fallen sinners, just like us. And just as God has treated us with kindness and compassion and care, we can treat them the same way. Like us, they're messed up in their thinking at times. Like us, they too can have wrong motivations and skewed priorities. Like us they sometimes don't even realize what they're doing is wrong. And even when they do realize that what they're doing is wrong, they often don't see how harmful that sin is to themselves and to others. Just like us. And so because God has been merciful to us, because he's been compassionate to us, because he's been kind and caring to us in our sinful, fallen mess, we too can be merciful to others. We can be compassionate and kind, even in surprising ways, like Jesus says in verse 29 and following, to the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. 
in, in a land where we demand our rights be upheld, this really runs against the grain. Right? It really does. Hey, look, I know that we're um, running short on time, but I want to say a few things here. Um, If this is the way that Jesus' followers are to be seen, as merciful, kind, compassionate, caring, why is it that so many see Christians as mean-spirited? Why is it that so many people think that we deal more with condemnation than compassion? Why is it that so many people think that we're better at castigating people than showing kindness? Why is it that we seem to be more about complaining and criticizing than care? Maybe it's because we've forgotten whose children we really are. And it's time for us to see the mercy of God, the lavish mercy of God that he has poured out on us, and then we can be kind and compassionate and caring to others, even if they are ungrateful, even if they are evil. Hard words, right? But the words of Jesus, our Lord. So, action point. Overflow with mercy. And you're asking, how do I do that? I don't want you to think that this is a pattern, although it somewhat is by now. But I do have an acrostic for you this week. Next week, I'm going to be talking about generosity. I don't think I'm going to be able to use an acrostic with the word generosity or generous. That's too many letters. But mercy, I could make work. So, how do we overflow with mercy? The first thing we've got to do is marinate in God's mercy. I know that sounds funny, but I want you to think about this. Whenever you're cooking chicken, you're like you're grilling chicken, which, which piece of chicken would you rather have? The one that's just plain and put on the grill and then cooked, and then you take it off and then you put the marination on it? Or one that's been sitting overnight and marinating all night long, and maybe even to the next day, and then you put it on the grill. Which one tastes better? There are, I think there are a lot of us who we've just kind of put a little bit of God's mercy on top of our lives, and that's why we don't taste that good to others. We need to marinate in God's mercy for us. Just sit in it. Let it flow over us so that we will one day be able to overflow with it. Second, the E in mercy is esteem others. You know, one of the things about our society is we talk a lot about self-esteem, you know, respecting yourself, which is not a bad thing per se, but sometimes we take it way too far. When are we going to learn how to respect others, understand that other people also have dignity and worth, especially for those of us who are Christians who believe that every single human being, whether they are the baby in the womb or they're the sick person on their deathbed and everybody in between, they're created in the image of God. 
So we esteem others. We respect and show dignity to others. So we marinate in God's mercy. We esteem others. And then uh, the R, recognize the plight of others. I've recognized this in myself. Some of you know, some of you, some of you are new and you don't know this, and those of you who are the um, longer-term members, you know this. Um, I, I wrestle with depression and anxiety. I've, I've dealt with it for quite, a t- quite some time. What you probably don't know is that there was a time in my early 20s when I was very judgy about people who suffered from depression. And anybody who took medicine for, oh my goodness, what a wimp. Until, of course, I got diagnosed with depression. And that day on a Friday where I spent the whole day in bed and couldn't get out and didn't want to get out of bed and didn't want to do anything. A lot of times we want to view others through our own lens, the way we think things should be. And we're not really trying to understand where they're coming from. Understand the plight of others. Recognize their plight in order to have mercy, to be compassionate and caring to another human being. The C is this, care wisely. Care wisely. All the stuff that Jesus says is valid, all right? But I don't think that Jesus wants us to just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to give away everything I have, and I'm just going to do this and do this and be merciful to everybody in, in, in indiscriminate ways. I don't think that's what Jesus is really asking us to do. I mean, when God is merciful, he knows what he's doing and why he's doing it because he's wise as well as merciful. So care wisely. Let me give you an illustration of this. Just this past week, I'm sitting out at Subway in in the parking lot, and this guy just stands in front of my car, and he's staring at me, which is a little unnerving. So I roll down my window, and I said, can I help you with something? And he's like, oh, man, I'm so hungry. Could you you give me some money so I can get something to eat? And I said, well, there's Subway right there. I'll, I'll walk in and buy you whatever sub you want. Let's, let's walk in there and do that. He's like, oh, no, man, just, just give me the money. I just want all I want is money. And, and I'm like, no. no. I mean, I can buy the food for you. I'll buy as much as you want. He's like, no, no, I, I'll do something else. And he walked away. Right? Caring wisely for people is also showing mercy. Who knows what he would have done with the money I would have given him, right? But if he really was hungry, as my mom used to say, beggars can't be choosers, and he would have gone in there and he'd have gotten, I mean, I would have given him the extra meat. I would have piled it high. So care wisely. And then finally, yield to the Spirit. This is the one... This is the one that I think we all need to hear. We tend to yield to ourselves what I think is best, what I think would work. Yielding to the Spirit means, okay, Holy Spirit, 
What is it you want me to do? What is it that Jesus says? What is it that God's word says? And yielding to that. So that's the way we can overflow with mercy. We marinate in God's mercy, sit in it for a while. We esteem others. We recognize the plight of others. We care wisely and we yield to the spirit. And if we do that, it really does fit what Jesus says in verse 31, which I'll end with. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. You want people to have mercy on you when you are in a bad situation, right? If you lost your job today, if you went bankrupt, if you had nothing and you were destitute, you would want someone to help you, right? If you messed up and you asked for forgiveness, you would want someone to forgive you, right? So treat other people the way you want to be treated. Care for them. Show them compassionate love. And that is what God calls us to in this passage. So because of the mercy we've received in Christ, let's grow in showing mercy to others. And let me pray for us that we'll be able to do that. Jesus, these are hard words. They're difficult words. They're words that really rub us the wrong way in many ways. And yet... They're your words. They're truth. They're the way we we need to be because we're yours. Will you help every one of us? Whether we are an unbeliever, work in our hearts to change us so that we would see your mercy for what it is and we would run to you in repentance and faith and know that we are forgiven. And for those of us who are Christians, cause us to be the kind of people who really are compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love the way that you are because you're our Father and we want to reflect you. In Jesus' name, amen.